Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. From lunch through to tea, this is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Songs till four o'clock with uh, afternoons with Steffi's Stevie Wonder, assistant producer. Got the sunnies on in the booth, having a great time. Brad's just texted through and said Tuesday's vault winner should surely have to sling me a 50. We're getting close, we're getting close. Uh, that'll be Thursday. We're close. Um, rugby League Collective. Employment agreement? What is it, Sam, that they're having issues bargaining. with over there? Click the bargaining agreement. So my understanding is that the broadcasting deal has come in and the revenue's gone up. And I remember before I went away on holiday that um, the NRL came out and announced increased contribution to the players, increased contribution, which was almost embarrassingly low for the NRLW. Um, where are they at with that now? Yeah, so um, probably a good sort of starting point for a lot of people who are maybe seeing particularly the um, teal tiles on it on all the NRL players Instagram which is sort of them showing support for one another they're posting these teal squares on oh, okay. Instagram so people might have been seeing those wondering what's going on or sort of don't have a full grasp of the situation so look it's very similar to American sport where um, when a new broadcast deal is comes into effect which is what's happening with the NRL this year with um, Channel 9 Fox and Sky um, they've got an increase in revenue. So I think the last deal or, or a deal they did for five years back in 2012 was worth about $1.08 billion across the five years. That is now worth over $2 billion, this new one. So it's nearly doubled in the last sort of 10 years. Mm-hmm. And when they bring in new revenue, you know, naturally they give it to, and I think Abdo has come out and said, you know, give it to grassroots, give it to, you know, various initiatives to grow the game, etc. But... A big chunk of it also goes to the players. I mean, they're the ones that are playing the game and you're bringing in a lot of the revenue. So that generally means an increase in salary cap because obviously the players are limited by what the clubs under the salary cap can pay them. So you bring in more money, you increase the salary cap. That means, you know, rather than we talk about this marquee player being worth $1 million, they now might be worth $1.5 million, you know, or $2 million. So they're getting paid more as well. Um where the issue has sort of come in is not so much the fact, and the, and the players have sort of said that it's not actually specifically about the money for them. And to, like people just think, oh, they want to be paid more. I think they do want to be paid a little bit more. But actually, what really upset them was that um, just before Christmas, the NRL announced the increased salary cap, but didn't consult anyone. 
they didn't consult the Rugby League Players Association. They didn't consult any of the players onto what an increased salary cap. They just basically announced it. And then I think it was like an hour or two after, they sent out to all the players around, this is the new salary cap and here's the structure for contracts, etc. The players were very, very upset by that because they want, as I said, a lot more than just the money. So part, part, um, some of the things that they're wanting, for example, is at the moment, I think, um, if you get an injury the NRL covers the costs of the injury and the rehab up to 12 months of the space of the injury. But we all know that there are injuries that go beyond that, mm. especially with rehab and stuff, right? Like concussion is a good one, where you can have a fix for a, lo- a much longer time than just 12 months. They also want better support for pl- players that have retired. Because once again, you know, that knee injury that you did when you were 25, now you need physio when you're 50 because, you know, old age is caught up with you, but your knee that you bunged when you're 25 now is really giving you trouble. And so, you know, they want sort of better support structures for players that have moved on. Um, the other one is um, the NRL at the moment is very short and fast. So players' careers are, are hard and short. You know, that they're only 10 or so years. They're very, very physical, hard. So, you know, they want better support around players that are leaving um, and transitioning to proper careers. You know, is there some sort of fund they can set up to help players transition out of that? Um, And then if we look at the women's side, the women, they've got a lot more to fight for because they're starting obviously from a lower point. So they want more money, but they want things like maternity. They want better maternity leave. They want better contract security. And this also goes for um, young players in NRL clubs that are playing, say, under 20s or under 18s. They want better financial security that, you know, I'm on, let's, I don't know what that is, but let's just say it's 40k a year to be a, an under-20s player. Well, you know, they, they sort of need to know, is that my career path or, you know, am I going to make the NRL or am I just sort of wasting time and not getting an education, et cetera, here on this? So lots of things that they want under this collective bargaining agreement that they would have liked to sit down with the NRL and talk about, at least, I think, is where they're upset in mm. all of this. Um, so that's sort of where it's at. And, and it, well, actually, no, it's gotten to the point now where, um, so on the media day, the NRL does a big media day almost to start the season. And on the media day, they they didn't the players didn't tell anyone. So the cameras all showed up, the media team all showed up, everything. Players didn't show up. And <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure if one player maybe did or a message basically got sent that we're boycotting on the media day, we're not showing up. And no one was told about that. So the media are obviously very annoyed that they'd all shown up and set up the cameras and put, put a day aside, et cetera. And they didn't show up. And they've basically come out and said anything NRL-related we're not going to do until we've sorted this out, which may include playing in round one come the first week of March. We're at this crossroads here where away. we're at this crossroads here where you know we might see a player lockout here, play a boycott. Um, maybe not all of them, although you know the more of them do it, the bigger the message is. But I'm not sure if all of them are willing to do it. But certainly a big chunk of players are, are willing to forego the start of the season in order to get this right. And then there's all these other stories coming in, like at the American Rugby League competition, which personally I don't have you know a clue about, Steph, have contacted the NRL and said, hey, if you want some players, if there's a lockout and you want some players, sign us up. It's like when the NHL has lockouts and they all just go play in their local leagues. You know, they don't play in the NHL, they go play in their local leagues. So, um, yeah, all sorts of stuff going on. And um, I thought, you know, across the ditch over, in East, uh, over on our ECN stations over there, obviously a much hot, hotter topic in the Australian markets. And um, they've spoken to a bunch of players and, and, and um, current players about what's going on and what their sort of thoughts are. So I've cut up a few of them, Steph. Um, Ricky Stewart, um, who sort of tempers, um, I guess, the players' attitudes first and foremost by saying that, you know, we first need to recognise that, you know, 
the last couple of years have been an absolute nightmare. We were on the brink of financial collapse and look at where we're at now. So I think he sympathises with, with Abdo and Peter Volandis a little bit. I've got all the faith in the world in Peter and um, Andrew running the game. I really do. I mean, they, um, uh, if it wasn't for, wasn't for Peter, uh, I don't know where we'd be because we were going broke. Mm. I, I don't know how they've done it, but now, now they're paying out millions and millions of dollars. We're, we're flush, well, when I say flush, we're a lot healthier than where we were before COVID. Fortunately, now we're a lot healthier from a financial point of view. So, you know, we can't forget that. But mm. I understand players have got uh, uh, their gripes and, and rights and they'll fight for that. I think that sort of Ricky might be on Team Abdo Velandis there. And, you know, maybe he's got a point, Steph, and I certainly am only really giving the players' perspective here. I, I haven't heard much out of the NRL side in terms of why they, you know, refuse to meet demands, etc. I'm sure there are a lot of costs from post-COVID, you know, oh, that, they're trying, that they're trying to deal with. Uh, here's Kurt Capel, of course, uh, was with the with the um, Broncos and the Panthers. Um, here's his take on it. At the moment, we're not doing the NRL stuff. Um, hopefully, Peter and Abdo can get to a table and, you know, realise that it's starting to have an effect on the game. The longer this CBA drags out, the worse it's going to have an effect. So we're ready to negotiate. We hope they are too. The way I see it is there hasn't been enough discussion. The NRL, they've come back with another... Uh, what we believe is very unfair proposition for a CBA and yeah we've sort of had enough of sitting at a table and not being heard so we don't want it to get to that you know, we love the game and we would never want to see it not on the TV screens and let the fans down so what we want as a playing group is the NRL to come to the table and be ready to negotiate they try and paint a picture of us they wave a shiny toy in our face and um, hoping that we were silly enough just to run into that CBA but uh, there's still you know, so many parts of the CBA and so many parts where they're nowhere near it as we think and we're prepared to yeah, fight for what we think's fair. So, you know, pretty strong from Kurt Capel there that they're not really backing down. An example of a senior player who probably, like I said, would be very willing to forego it. I just wonder if some of the junior players who, you know, don't want to get offside, you know, with, with a team or a coach or a club or whatever um, may not Make the oh, same the call. Peer, pres- <clears throat> peer pressure will be extreme mm. with the youngsters. Yeah, and then the other one was Wade Graham um, from the Sharks, who I think was speaking on uh, SC in Sydney over there as well. This was his thoughts. It's hard to go line by line. Like the CBA is a lot of fee. Like one one thing would be like a transfer window, which sort of takes away different aspects of of, of rights. I'm not saying that the current system we have with contracting and player movement is is the is the best system, but certainly something that needs to be looked at, you know, with the NRL and the RPA working together and that the way it's proposed at the moment isn't anywhere near that. So there's one example, but like they go line by line through the whole thing. It's it's a it's a pretty deep document to be like it's, it's all our terms and conditions. So they yeah, like I said, there's plenty of stuff in their staff that they are looking at implementing from a player's point of view, way Graham they're mentioning as some sort of a transfer window. Probably makes it easier for players to plan around. They know that they might be on the move in July or whatever rather than just getting sort of sent off you know, abruptly or mid-season or at the end of the season or what we've got at the moment where you sign for two years and, you know, you sort of sign a year and a half in advance. Mm. Um, but the one that really I found really interesting was actually with Patton Heels. Um, and they're in Queensland, aren't they? Patton Heels, their, yes. their breakfast show over there. And uh, they uh, spoke with uh, Broncos superstar in the NRLW, Ali Briggenshaw. And she was very, very strong on the woman's side of it. So um, this is, I've got the sort of full interview here that I'll just play out. And uh, you'll get a good sense, I think, from how the females, and they're also a part of the NRLPA, how they are, um, I guess, unhappy with what's been going on with the CBA. Uh, yeah. Right, Ali, how are you holding up physically and then mentally and then... You know, which is under more strain, you reckon, in the years to come? Um, 
physically I feel great. Um, I've probably never felt better. Um, the body's great. Uh, fitness levels are great. Uh, mentally, it's a little bit draining, I guess. Um, I say this often is having to fight every year for, um, you know, better better ways of playing rugby league or better support systems. Every yes. year we're, we're fighting an uphill battle and sometimes I say to myself, why do I keep doing this? It's draining. But then I remember that the future is why we're doing it. So the sleepless nights I don't get, um, that I do get now, um, is for the future of young girls so they can just play and enjoy the game. Mm. Yeah, well said. Because I mean, you're such high profile and you're so eloquent when you talk about it. So sum it up in a nutshell. Where are we with this CBA? We know the comp's extending to 10 teams. Canberra, Cronulla, North Queensland, West Tigers are coming on board. But you don't know a whole heap more, do you, at the moment? No. To be honest, I haven't stood on a football field since um, World Cup final. And that's purely out of um, stress around uh, not wanting to get injured. So for me, it's fitness away from a football field, um, a jog or a light walk just to keep the body going because um, it's too risky to to take part in any trainings or, or anything like that. And that's what's frustrating. We are so far behind and every year we're doing this. Every year we're so far behind and then a week or two before we're meant to start, we actually get things sorted. And, you know, that just causes immense pressure. It's already hard enough to juggle jobs and try and play rugby league, let alone fight every battle and then just be given what you get um, is not good enough. Mm. And this is why we need a CBA. So it's in place and we can get rid of that stress. And you've just got zero faith that your club would look after the expenses of a surgery, for example. Yeah, it's just the unknown. Mm. So, like, some clubs could step up and say, you know, we'll look after you. But they could also turn around and say, hey, unfortunately, you're not contracted with us. You'll have to find find some other help. Yeah, there's no insurance. Um, huh? And that's, yeah, there's no, that's the scary part about it. You can ask, but why should they pay out money when there's no contract in place? Like, I get both sides of it. It's just, yeah, it's a tricky, it's a tricky place and... um yeah, a lot of girls struggle with it. So I can understand why you're struggling because Clint Newton from the RLPA is saying that he wants to make the women's game a priority. We've always had the impression that Andrew Abdo is a, is a wonderful supporter of the women's game, wants to make it stronger. They, they, they must look with envy at what the AFL has got at the moment. Um, why is this taking so long, Ali? Have, have you got any idea? Yeah, well... Um Andrew says he's on board, but I think there's some people in there that are questioning um, what what we deserve. And we want multi-year contracts. We want yearly contracts. And there's some people in there that are saying that we don't don't deserve that. We've we've had a major sponsor come on board and take priority in the women's game, yet their money's not actually going towards the women's game. So I don't understand how a major company wants to sponsor the women's game, yet the money doesn't go towards it. That just doesn't make sense to me. Mm. Um, that's how the women's game will function is with major sponsors. And we have done with so long with Telstra and Harvey Norman that a big bank has come on board. And, yeah, we don't get to see any of that money help the women's game. Well, that's, well, certainly not growing the coffers for you. That, that's for sure. I, 
to me, this is worse than for the men, you know, your uncertainty, uh, because the men are, you know, reasonably trusting that in, the, in their club structure. Um, but how are you represented? Represented? Are you one of the reps in there battling through this um, alley? Or, you know, how widespread are our reps? Uh, I am a player delegate and there is quite a few of us. Um, then there's like a leadership group within the RLPA where we get together. And then um, Chelsea Leonard, who actually sits on the board. Um, and she, yeah, does all the, the tricky stuff and all the fighting up high, um, along with Lena and um, Clint at the RLPA. So we do have a big base that is fighting for this, um, and with the boys, a um, bit of power in there that are helping us through, and just we're fighting for them as well. Um, you know, yeah. they haven't got everything they need through their um, uh, CBA, so we're fighting for them, and they're fighting for us, and we are very united as a group. Like we are, we're on calls together. We understand what's happening in the men's game, and they understand our game, and that's how we're going to get through it together. So perfect world, and it gets sorted out this afternoon. When would you hope to be playing in this new ten-team comp? Well, it, the time will still be around June. Yeah. Well, um, state of origin will cross over with the NRLW pre-season, so we're fine with the time. Um, even though it's not set in exact times, we've got to play the BMD comp locally, Queensland and New South Wales comps at the moment. Um, but we just need that those, those contracts so we can have that insurance so we can go play some football before we go and play on the biggest stage in the state of origin. Because mm. right now we don't have that. And you know what you've got to do with your employer as well because you're, you're sort of semi-pro, some are probably pro and some are semi-pro. Right? But, so there's uh, multi-year contracts um, that you're after. There's these in injury security um, of insurance and, and payment. Um, what else? Anything? Pregnancy policy. It's it's mainly the policies. It's not about the money. No. It's about the policies that are inside the CBA. Yep. So support structure, they're turning around saying we have to pay for our health insurance. Mm-hmm. Right. Hey, well, um, and that's about $3,500 a year. Yeah, which is crazy. They could do worse than just put that so, up yeah. straight away for you. Like, yeah. that, that's, yeah. that's... So they have done that. They used our money last year to do that. So, um, But now they've said that they're not going to pay for it, and that's going to be on the players. Hey, just, you know, and we've got, we, we've got to go because the end of the show is <laughs> coming, but it, it doesn't yeah. seem to me, in your mind, the way you're talking at the moment, there's a, there's a light at the end of the tunnel in the immediate future. Uh, not yet. We were close, and now they've taken some back. Um, backward steps so we know they can come to the party Um, I'm not sure what's holding them back but as a playing group we are very strongly united so we're going to fight through this together whereas um, the past couple of years it may have been you know the core older groups within that have been standing up but we've got the younger girls on board and we're going to fight this as an NRLW playing group. Mm, This is unbelievable what chance are the men of starting their season. You, yeah. you think you'll probably be able to start in June, but will you get enough, you know, pre, pre-season games in, in the BMD, for example? The, the men are no chance, eh? The, the, these policies yeah. that you're all fighting for, and they're, they're fighting for post-career stuff. I'm sure there's some post-career stuff you girls can can fight for as well. Um, but but they take documentation. They take weeks to document and, and close all the loopholes and... There's no chance of starting if they're going to wait for that, are they? Yeah, 
and that's what I think they think the men will just turn around and play. But I know strongly that they are all holding their ground and they won't be playing until things are sorted. So, and oh, yeah, they're boy. fully supported by the RLPA union. So, yeah, it's going to be a hairy couple of weeks, um, I guess, because the men's game's just about to start and they need to get it sorted. Yeah, and they, and it takes longer than they've got. But what about concussions yep. for your your game? Does that need to be addressed at all? I think the men have got con- some concerns around it. Um, I'm not fully across the concussion stuff, but um, I know that whatever the men are doing around um, physical things essentially in the game, that the girls' game is on board with that. Yeah. So um, we've we've come a long way since the first year of NRLW with concussion protocols and things like that. So no doubt we'll be going up again this year. Always a delight to talk to you. Uh, it's sad that it's got to this stage, and I, I hope, I hope that it can be sorted out ASAP, but speaking to you this morning, it doesn't sound like it's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah, we can see why it's so draining, Ali. Thanks a lot. But uh, yeah. good luck with no your worries. fitness Thank away you from the footy field. Yeah. yeah. Let's hope we can get on the field soon. Thank you. That's staggering. Yeah, I mean, and I just thought as I was listening to that, Steph, I mean, imagine New Zealand rugby players talking like that on a radio station about New Zealand rugby and the they people that... They need to do this. Oh, yeah, just... I, it was very refreshing. But, um, yeah, I, th- I, th- I sort of... From what everything you've heard, Steph, they're, they're going to hold the ground. That I mean, the NRL, which starts on March the 3rd as that first weekend, you know, by all measures, you know, may not go ahead, certainly not in the way we think about it with all the players and all the teams in action. It's just going to be very interesting to see how it all plays out. And interesting too that the the men's game and the women's game are united. In Correct. This. And I like that the women mm-hmm. are standing by the men and the men are standing, the NRL and yep. the NRLW are standing. So, and you can hear the passion and this is this is like landmark stuff. They know that it's not just about the here and now. They're putting the stake in the ground for a long time. And it reminded me, listening to that, the Silver Lake deal. And the reason that took so long was the players weren't happy with the divvying of the pie. They were due 37.5%. I've made that up, but a certain percentage. They say, well, we still want to maintain that same percentage, and the Rubian will know. And that's why it took so long. Didn't get to a strike situation. Mm. Well, Ellie Brigginshaw was saying that, and she's got huge standing in the game, male or female, in Australia. She doesn't see the men playing. No. So, look, it's going to be an interesting. I don't know what we're going to commentate, Steph, but... Uh, <laughs> we'll do the Indigenous All-Stars game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's hope the Warriors do, uh, do <laughs> kick off their season, season on March 3. Food for thought. Take a breath. We'll come back.